Hello everybody. Our 30 second countdown went a little fast today. I don't know what happened, but we are here regardless on Becoming Quantum Conscious. And my name is Bart Sharp and we are on United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network out of the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Our call numbers are 107.7 and 105.7. Three, but also we are on Roku. You can see us on cable television. Also, Facebook, YouTube, uh, other platforms, Spreaker, and all of these places all over the world because this is a worldwide show. And that's kind of exciting in my book. Uh, but most importantly, I'm just glad you as an individual are here today with our special guest, Jeff Carria. Did I get that right? Uh, Carrera is fine, but yes. Carrera, thank you so much uh, for being here. I just wanted to read a quote out of this book because this book is called, <laughs> nope, <laughs> Becoming Quantum Conscious. Nope, that's my show. This is Cosmic Consciousness. <laughs> this is too funny. We're kind of cousins, I guess. And mm -hmm. in some ways, as I read this book, it was so much of the values that I wish to emulate in my personal life, but also in, in uh, the show of all of these different forms of how consciousness is created. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of why I'm getting mixed up. And also if you are on the chat from various chats of YouTube, Facebook, et cetera, and wish to ask the question or say hello, i uh, love to have you. So I'm going to start to show with this wonderful paragraph quote, and I'll try to read it slowly. We are a cosmic being, and we wake up to our true self in this way. It is not the separate human self that is waking up. The universe is waking up through our human form. Ooh. That's so juicy. The shift in identity from human being to a cosmic being is beyond what we can imagine. It requires us to open an infinite source. This is exactly the kind of opening that great mystics and spiritual realizers have spoken about for thousands of years. Their descriptions of awakening sound like experiences of opening to a higher dimension of being and an infinite self along the lines of what we have been exploring here. I love it. This book is full of just gems of concepts and quotes and things you can practice. But to give you, to me, when you get into this reality, it's good to read about people who know the journey and know what it feels like and done the practice and lived it for years with such passion and then decided I'm going to put it on paper. So we welcome Jeff Cateria, uh to the show. Hi, Jeff. Welcome. Hi. Hello there, Bart. Nice to, uh, nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, I, I just love this book. And uh, 
just just to start, what is cos cosmic consciousness? Well, that is a very good question. And I start the book, you may remember, saying, what is cosmic consciousness? And I answer by saying cosmic consciousness is a phrase in the English language uh, because uh, when you speak about something as subtle as cosmic consciousness, it defies a simple description. But if I were to give it a simple description, uh, I would say as a, as a phenomena, cosmic consciousness is the living source of consciousness in the universe that. Wow. The living source of consciousness in the universe. That's a great, that's a great expression. It almost sounds like something so small and something infinitely large and maybe infinitely so small within us. Absolutely. Yeah. Such an expansion. You know, uh, our, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Our, our modern worldview tells us that we live in a universe that is essentially empty space filled with material things. The recognition of cosmic consciousness reveals that the universe is a living being of which we are an extension. Uh, and uh, one way to think about that is to say that, you know, if this is an exercise I like to do, if you, if you don't see me, you'll have to use your imagination, but I'm speaking right now and uh, Bart and and I guess anyone else who's watching can see my mouth moving and the words are coming out of my mouth. And imagine if you were trained that you were just a smart mouth and that the words that were emerging out of your mouth were coming from your mouth. And then one day you had the realization that you're just a mouth and you're connected to a much bigger living being. And the words are really coming from the living being. And it's a, it's a similar recognition uh, that one can have of cosmic consciousness. You realize that this human form is a, it's a part of or an extension of a much bigger being in the same way that a mouth is an extension of a much bigger being. And uh, we are the vehicle that exhibits human consciousness but the source of that consciousness is not human just like the source of the words i'm speaking are not my mouth we're the vehicle for that consciousness but the consciousness itself is coming from a universal source it's coming from the living being of existence that's wonderful it's um you know when i when i go into some of my own meditations I work a lot in the parasympathetic nervous system and it always feels like it's thousands of to millions of nerves going out like tree roots, but they do not seem to ever end. Mm. And, and to me, I always felt like that was part of that connection to the consciousness, something I can't measure. I can't see, but I perceive it. And I have to trust it, or at least I do. Mm -hmm. um, so when you talk about that, it just feels like it's that whole 
complete picture with that. Mm. Yeah. And, and you seem to be doing this all of your life. There's, there's a, there's a story in the book that just, (laughs) it's so, it's, it's cute and funny and profound all at the same time that I think you were a three-year-old boy and you were looking in the mirror and you kept seeing so much beyond yourself. What was, what was that like? Well, just to lead up to that, um, later in my life when I was about, uh, oh, I guess I was, I was probably almost 40 on a retreat. Uh, I experienced an expansion and, and, and out until the size of the cosmos. Mm-hmm. And, and I realized that, that the cosmos is my true body and that I am that. And, you know, it was a profound awakening and, and full of love. And that in that experience, I remembered that I used to do this all the time when I was young. And I remembered around the age of three or four, how I would go into the bathroom of my parents' house and stare at my own eyes in the mirror. And then I would blow up until I was the size of the cosmos. And I would feel the immense love that was there. And I would know that that was my true home and my true self. And then I would shrink back down and then I would be able to go on my day, whatever that was at that age. And I remembered the day very distinctly, the day I went in the bathroom and I couldn't do it anymore. Oh and my. I realized that I had lost that connection. Um, and somehow over the years, I managed to forget that. Although I was always seeking, even at the age of seven, eight, nine, ten, I was always trying to stop my mind, looking at the stars, trying to like feel my connection to the universe in in any way that I could think of. Then, of course, you know, I got into to spirituality uh, as a young adult, but only in retrospect that I see, oh, it was all because of those early experiences. It was all the the subconscious memory of what I had been in contact with then that was driving this spiritual search all my life. I see it as an opportunity and you were presented to, as it and your child knew it through its, its internal talents that you were given. And uh, somewhere in your unconscious, you would not allow yourself to forget, but you had to return to it and learn it in an adult form. Absolutely. Uh, that sounds absolutely correct. Yeah. It's such a gift. And I'd just like to state, in, uh, well, I want to ask you this question. Um, does everybody have that? Well, that's a very interesting question um, because you get into very delicate territory when you ask, uh, because everybody, everyone, the consciousness, the beingness, that which is looking out of your eyes, that which is looking out of anybody else's eyes, it's all the cosmos. So so from that point, of course, everyone, everyone is it. 
they don't even have to have it because they are it. And, uh, you know, that's what we are. That's what consciousness is. It's just a, it's an idea that says I'm somehow separate and isolated and, and emerging out of this body and you're separate and isolated and emerging over there and we're somehow different. At, at this level, you're like, oh, that's me <laughs> looking back at me. And, and, you know, that this is not new information. This is mystical traditions for thousands and thousands of years. Um, but then when you talk about the capacity to realize that and embody that, in theory, everyone has that capacity. And, the, and it appears that it's a journey. And I believe it's a journey that occurs over more than one lifetime. And so in this particular lifetime, we're all in different places in the journey. Some people might be very close to that realization. Others might be further away. You know, in the, in the, in the end, I believe that's where we're all headed. Mm -hmm. How long it's going to take to get there, that's not information I've been given. I understand. Uh, what a great answer. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of the things you bring up to the book is, is just your relationship with your ego. And that's part of what that separation is about. And as you talk about meeting somebody face to face and that I am you and you are me. But of course, the ego is generally trying to tell us something different. Um, and you have a great quote about the ego that in this book, uh, you, you work on that quite well. And just wondered if you could share a few concepts with that. I, I definitely can, but do you have any recollection of what the quote was? <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a brain. You know, it's really funny. I, I, uh, when you're around somebody that is expanded into other places different with you, that is very expanded, uh, it expands you. So as everybody's listening out in the, out in the uh, radio sphere, um, you're connecting with Jeff. And if you're really starting to feel a little spacey or disoriented, uh, God bless you. Uh, if you're trying to work like working on a computer or doing something, trying to concentrate, God bless you. Keep your concentration up. But um, you're making me really spacey, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, I, I don't need the quote. I can I can speak to that. Uh, you know. Okay. Um, the whole question of ego, which is a word I don't often use. I usually talk about the separate sense of self, um, but that's basically what I mean. At some point, one sees that this a whole idea of Jeff is actually just an idea. Th this The idea that there is a, a something called Jeff. Now, yes, there is a body, and this is Jeff, and there is, there is a, a history that I have in this mind, and there is a mind, and I'm looking at my room here in New Jersey, and you're looking at your room there in Austin. So there is there are all these things but all of those things are things about jeff right so so this is jeff's body this is jeff's view this is jeff's mind this is jeff's history 
But you never find that Jeff that all of this stuff supposedly belongs to. And at some point you realize that the idea that there is this separate sense of self, this separate identity, is just a habit of assuming that such a person exists. That that they that all of these aspects that you point to as belonging to Jeff actually belong to an existing person. And at some point you realize, oh no, that's that's all a uh, it, Jeff is a collection of ideas about Jeff and the assumption that someone in there exists to be Jeff. And, and as that becomes released, you begin to see more and more deeply, I'm always the awareness that is aware. When I look at Jeff's body, I'm the awareness that's aware of Jeff's body. When I look at Jeff's history, I'm the awareness that's aware of Jeff's history. And the awareness that is aware is the cosmic consciousness. It is the universal consciousness. And that is what I am, ultimately. And so the ego is more of a linear construct that doesn't function really well in that expansion. Absolutely, yes. And, and that keeps us linear. I like to think of it as our defensiveness, our defensive systems that have been created from the, the limitations and the overwhelms and the challenges we have faced that make a part of who we are. But what yes. if you could detach from all of that? Absolutely. You can, you can it's like you were talking about it and, and I have to paraphrase this. I'm, I'm starting to not feel so spacey. Mm -hmm. And when you do feel spacey, everybody just ask your body to expand the consciousness to this new space you're coming into this new awareness higher vibration you know uh this is what happens when you're around people who have different ex experiences or a different level of awareness that sometimes they take you to places that surprise you and so you feel a little disoriented but when you talk about the ego in this uh book you were just like almost like it's a gentle friend that you give it a place and you give it a voice, but there's not a lot of um, reaction or significance to it. You evolve yeah. to that place. It's not bad. The, the ego's. Very, I, I like to think of it, you know, like you said, as a as a friend or a. Or it, it's very useful. Like egos develop because they're helpful even all of those defensive mechanisms. Now, sometimes we overextend those and we apply them in circumstances that don't require them, but they developed for a reason. They were helpful. You know, whatever circumstance led to those defensive mechanisms uh, uh, arising were helpful at the time and are probably still helpful sometimes, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I... When I want to meet you for coffee next week, I want to be able to say, let's go to such and such a place at such and such a time and feel confident that we're going to both be there. And it requires two functioning egos for that to occur. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a very good thing. But as you said a minute ago, that part of you, because that part of you is a set of ideas. It's a set of ideas. It's a set of feelings, attitudes, 
experiences that all revolve around the assumption that there's somebody in the middle of it all, that all exists in the domain of mind. And that is where that mind, our normal mind, is the mind that exists according to spatial and temporal metaphors. So that mind operates according to linear time, and it operates in, in, in metaphorically in terms of space. Mm-hmm. Where we go in cosmic consciousness is beyond time and space. And th- those ideas of self that make up the ego they can't go there. It's not possible. So the metaphor I use for that, which I think is very helpful, is if you, I actually once did this, I filmed it. Um, if you're on a bridge and you're looking down at a stream or a river, you may find a place where there's a little whirlpool, right? There's a little swirl. And you can look at that whirlpool and you could say, look, there's a whirlpool. And the person next to you can can say, oh yeah, I see the whirlpool. And the person to the other side can say, I see it too. And you might think, well, I'm going to take the whirlpool out of the river. And you use a bucket and you scoop up a bucket of water and you look in the bucket, there's no whirlpool. Where did it go? And then you look back at the river, it's still in the river. Because the whirlpool is not a thing that can be removed from the river. The whirlpool is an energetic arrangement of the river itself. The ego is not a thing that can be removed from the mind because the ego is an energetic arrangement in the mind. Uh, And so that can't leave, just like the whirlpool can't leave the river. The ego can't leave the mental sphere of the mind. But the amazing thing is you can because you are the awareness that is aware and that awareness is perfectly capable of uh, moving beyond the limits of time and space. Oh, that's that's so beautiful. You know, one of the things I admired about this book was your scientific approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's uh, you've taken the woo out of woo woo um, <laughs> with with some of your concepts because you really got oh I I have to have a an empirical concept to explain these things, which makes this book very practical and understanding something that is so abstract. Right. It can um, be, definitely. It can be. Uh, and at the same time, when we talk about the ego, um, there's there's something I, I wanted to just throw in there. Sure. It's also useful, for example, um, if you have an emotional conflict, I have one with a friend right now. And of course I'm explain I'm exploring what this conflict has been in relation to my past relationships with my father. Cause he's, that's what I always feel like. This is my father issues reenacting with a friend in the way he's uh, presenting himself, presenting himself to me. Of course, I need to kind of unravel that a bit so that I can start to relax more into this place that of the, of the uh, cosmic space. Uh, so to me, the ego has that important concept with me. It, it's not going to let me let this go until I really come comfortable with it or I could try to repress it and put it away that way. 
Uh, that's a common strategy for a lot of people. But if I'm really clear, I'm always having to look at those emotional parts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. Um, so it's it's a it's a big thing. Uh, any anything you would like to share with that? Well, what I'm thinking is, you know, even that can be related to. So there's always the possibility of relating to everything from like the separate self point of view mm-hmm. or the universal point of view, the cosmic conscious point of view. So even that, uh, we can relate to, I had, uh, I, I have a struggle with someone in my life. And I look back and I see that in my past, I had similar struggles with other people, right? And it's still wedded to the idea that I am a person who has this problem and I have a person who has this history and I am a person who has this struggle. At some point, as you look from this more universal place, you begin to see, oh, these are all patterns. They're energetic patterns. I can see that pattern and and how it revolved around someone I called my father and the person I thought I was at the time. And then that pattern, I could see, oh, it comes up here again and it comes up here again and now it's in my life again. And you begin to realize that those patterns continue the, the way that those patterns end is when we withdraw energy from them, right? So as long as we keep giving them energy, we're keep, we keep feeding them to, to continue. But at some point, you go, oh, it's just a pattern. It's not me. It's not, it's not a problem that I have. It's a pattern in my being. And there's many more interesting places for me to put my attention. So you stop paying, you stop worrying about them in a certain way you stop feeding them and then a lot of these things can slowly begin to dissipate in the east they talk about it as karma a lot of the karmic momentum of these patterns can begin to dissipate because you're no longer feeding them and and slowly they they uh unravel yes indeed and, and, and yes, I, I love that answer it, because, because it is an, an unraveling and, you know, your awareness needs to be there about what it is, but you also have to look at well, what's the charge that created it and give it that detachment. When you talk, you, it's almost like it's first person related to third person like i am me i know i am me but yet it has an identification i i I see myself as kind of a identifications and therefore i can detach from that way i've labeled myself or yes well because the, this is uh, always the trick with pronouns when we speak about trans, you know, what I call trans-dimensional spirituality, you know, is at, in one dimension, I am Jeff, clearly. And, and as I said earlier, all kinds of things work well. When you asked me if I would join you on the show, I was very clear you meant me. <laughs> I knew you didn't mean my neighbor, right? I knew you wanted this one uh, to arrive. And... And so when you say to me, you know, who are you? 
you know, there's one level at which I'm you. And that's the answer is I am Jeff and I have this history. And, you know, I have a lot to say about that person. <laughs> Someday when we have more time, I, you can find out. But also when you say, who are you? I'm the cosmos. Because that's on a different dimension. That's who I am. That's who you are also. So I find because I teach meditation, I teach spiritual ideas. And I'm very aware that sometimes I'm teaching to the people in the room. And that means I'm teaching people techniques to use in order to loosen up their identity or in order to experience higher states. But I'm teaching to the person in the room, to all the people in the room. But other times, for one reason or another, I start speaking to the cosmos through all the people in the room. And it's a very different conversation. So one conversation is you should meditate and when you meditate, you should do it like this, that, or the other thing. That's to the person. But sometimes things shift. And I think that has to do with the energy in the room. And, And the conversation starts to be, you're fine. You don't have to do anything. You are already the cosmos. You already are who you are. Just relax and don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. It's a different message depending on which depth of self you're talking to. And, and I would imagine when you have a talk like that, your whole energetic being changes towards oh, your connection. Definitely. Absolutely. And, and that's a function of what's happening in the dynamic. Um, because to me, teaching is something that emerges between people. It's not something one person does to another person, right? It's it's something that occurs between two people who share a mutual interest, and and one person, perhaps, as you said earlier, might have experience uh, experiences or histories that are more helpful in that area, and that gets pulled out into the space of the mutual interest. And so, when that alchemical connection is right what gets pulled forth is a cosmos to cosmos you know self to self uh dynamic that changes everything for everyone i want to address that question but before i do you are on united public radio network and ufo paranormal radio network 107.7 and 105.3 out of the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana. My name is Bart Sharp, and you are on Becoming Quantum Conscious. And we are on Roku, Facebook, YouTube, other platforms. And we are with Jeff Kateria, author of Cosmic Consciousness that you can buy on Amazon and various other places out there. It's a wonderful book, and uh, you can also find Jeff by his name at jeffcalorea.com. Um, you can find me on bartshart.com. And when you talk about this union and this recognition of one cosmic being to another or one human being that's cosmic to another human being that is in that same intention of awareness how does that change you when you start to have a communion like that oh so that's a good question and 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 what occurs in that is if if for instance 
as you let go of your sense of self and as you let go of the assumption of separation and I let go of the assumption of separation, then there starts to be this dynamic between us in which I see that there's nothing, there's no difference between you and me. That what's what's aware through you, you know, it's aware, it's awareness shining through a different mind and a different history and a different body and a different pair of eyes, but it's the same awareness that's shining through me. And, it, and there's this ecstatic sense of finding yourself. It, mm. it, it's like you've been dissociated from yourself and suddenly you find yourself. It's like, ah, wow, I'm here. That's what you want to say. I'm here, uh, you know, and it's just the most wonderful. Uh, it that kind of union in source mm. is to me one of the most. It's just one of the most. I just wish every human being could experience that. Wow, that makes me giddy, um, and I think so many people are seeking that, and they. They get into groups that they feel like they have an affinity to, like this feels like home and this group is expands me. And that's one application of it. But you're really talking about light being to light being uh, the Jesus Mary Magdalene combination. And uh, of course I, I do tours to France and we're really into Jesus or Yeshua mm -hmm. and Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. And we call that Heros Gamos, which is, the light being connection of two people that are of light and are aware of it and right. they come in communion together and it just gets bigger and bigger. Yes. And, and that what you just said is key because every connection between everyone and everyone else is a light being to light being because that's ultimately what we are. But when two people who are aware of that, who know who they are, connect something a whole other order of magnitude of connection becomes possible and honestly a huge part of my whole spiritual life for the past 30 years has been devoted to slowly creating the conditions for more and more and more of that kind of connection between people to occur and in in, in the way you're talking it's like well i might have a special person like a Jesus, Mary Magdalene connection with, with, you know, Mary Jane Watson and me or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, th that comes from Spider-Man, by the way. I, don't know I knew that. I, show that. I was aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> Came from your mind. We're communing together. <laughs> but it's that, that special. But, but what you're speaking of, like, I can have this with anyone. Absolutely. You can have it with anyone. Ultimately, you can have it with non-human beings as well. Because the, the, the cosmic source of consciousness is the consciousness in everything, not just humans. It's mm. arguably it's more difficult with other other forms of beings, you know, because we have such a human bias, right? We mm. we talk about consciousness as if we're talking about uh, something universal, but generally speaking, when we speak about consciousness, we mean human consciousness. That's really what we're talking about. That's why I, th I think I think we're trickier than any other species on this earth. We are very tricky. <laughs> and 
And because when we speak about consciousness, we really mean human consciousness, but we don't kind of admit it to ourselves. It's very difficult for us to recognize even other animals as conscious because they don't exhibit human consciousness. They have their own forms of consciousness. True, true. Or trees. Or, and or they, then you get into power trees. spots and caves. Exactly. Or rocks or everything else is conscious if you are if you are able to tune in to that form of consciousness and you're open to the possibility that that is a conscious being, not just a thing. Indeed. And we open that in... in you know, the word that pops up for me is love. Yes. How can you open that vibration to have no boundaries? Absolutely. What does that feel like? Right. That's, that is absolutely. That is, uh, uh, you know, love uh, to me is, is exactly what you described. Uh, it's an unbounded embrace of not just everything that is, but everything that is, everything that is is no longer, everything that could be, and everything that doesn't even exist. <laughs> it's it's a complete <laughs> embrace of all of uh, manifest and unmanifest existence. Uh, it's 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 the love of being, ultimately, the love of existence. The love of being and the love of existence. So that really sounds like when you mentioned earlier in the definition of co cosmic consciousness, that in that interior small self and being totally in love with that and it connecting out to something much bigger. Am I following you correctly? Yes. Yes. The when you see this so this is one of the challenges of the small self you know um sometimes in spiritual traditions the small self is demonized so that's not good right there's no reason to demonize something that works you know <laughs> i i get it there are aspects of all of ourselves that could be better and we should work on them uh and and i engaged in that kind of work as most people are but at some point you begin to see uh or, or there, there can also be a way to relate to your ego where you, you, where you basically beat yourself up over having one. So mm. you see your ego do things. You see that it's patterns that are negative, that you don't like. And then you feel bad about that. But when you realize that this is a big game and these patterns got put into place, some of them in this lifetime, but honestly, a lot of them in lifetimes even prior to this one. And rather than beating yourself up over it, you start to feel, wow, I feel so much compassion for you to be willing to be in the midst of this mess and still trying to do your best. <laughs> you know, you, know you, you get dealt this hand of patterns that you didn't necessarily even create. And you know, what's beautiful is that we're willing to continue to do the work to mm -hmm. improve and become better and become better people and better human beings and better separate senses of self and better egos. Indeed. And, and you bring up a concept because we are going into the high concepts of this book 
uh, in this little chat that's there. But the first half of the book, you really go into a lot of the concepts of how do you get there, so to speak. And with your scientific mind, it's, it's, it, it explains it so well. But you talk about a concept called simple consciousness to self-consciousness to cosmic consciousness, like three phases of this process. And um, could you just... Sure. A little bit of explanation of that. Yes. And this will give me the opportunity to say that my book is called The Path of Cosmic Consciousness. I know. Um, I've been saying cosmic consciousness. I know. And the <laughs> reason, but the reason I want to point that out is because there is a very good book called Cosmic Consciousness by someone named Richard Maurice Bucky, uh, ah. which is about 100 years old. And I, I use it as reference in my book. But the distinction you just brought up was originally his distinction. So, it is, it's funny. I have never seen that until about three minutes ago as I glance at this book and I go, wait a minute. It says the path of. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny how consciousness and how you intertwine with other people. And then you start to notice every such things differently. Absolutely. Definitely. But I'm distracting you from this wonderful concept you have in the book, The Path of Cosmic Consciousness, of simple consciousness to self-consciousness to cosmic consciousness. Right. And that by that, and again, that was Maurice Bookie's original idea, but it's an evolutionary progression that life begins with simple consciousness, which is really kind of an instinctual consciousness. It's, it's a consciousness that is not yet attached to a sense of self. All right, so it responds. It's like a flower can turn toward the sun, but presumably a flower doesn't have a sense that I am a flower and that's the sun and therefore I'm going to turn. It has more to do with the the warmth is attracting, is is eliciting a response. So simple consciousness is responsive. And the evolutionary leap occurs when an organism becomes sufficiently sophisticated with a mind that's sufficiently sophisticated to create an abstract sense of self. So that would be the ego we've been talking about. So suddenly I now understand that I'm Jeff and that's a light and that's the sun and that's a mountain. I'm now living in a world of abstraction. Uh, and we don't know how deeply the sense of self goes into, for instance, the animal kingdom. I'm sure we're not the only species that has a sense of self. Maybe they all do, but certainly it goes quite deep. Uh, yes. You know, anyone who's fallen in love with a dog or a cat or any animal realizes that they are somebody and they know they are somebody uh, in, in, at some level. So, so then you become very identified with that, that sense of self, Jeff. The next leap of cosmic consciousness is, is exactly what we've been speaking about. It's where you begin to identify with the awareness that is aware through Jeff rather than the experience of being Jeff. You begin to recognize, oh, I am that awareness. And that becomes, you know, the, the path of cosmic consciousness is the path of releasing the habit of identifying with the egoic Jeff 
in order to more and more embrace the reality of being the awareness that is aware through Jeff. That's how I would use that distinction. Yes. And much like Buddha saying, love is being detached. Love is a being and you're detached from everything, but yet you're part of it all. Yes, absolutely. You're, you're detaching from a limited part of reality in order to embrace the totality of being. Mm. That's wonderful. I, I just wanted to ask a personal question. Mm-hmm. Could you share some of the daily disciplines you do? to? Because it's not like you just sit down and wrote a book and said, I'm going to write a book on the path to quantum, quantum consciousness. This is a lifetime accumulation definitely so could you just share some of the things that you've done to get you where you are now i will and i'm going to share about that in two ways one a little a very brief history uh when i was in my late 20s i was because i was an engineer so i was trained as a scientist and i had a whole life and then i decided to join a spiritual community. So I let go of my career and my relationships. And I spent 20 years completely immersed in practices of meditation, mainly, and others, uh, but they were of an Eastern flavor. So they were in a, in a Hindu tradition. And cosmic consciousness, the idea of cosmic consciousness, which I speak about in the book, derives from uh, Hindu ideas. Uh, was brought to the West by someone named Edward Carpenter, who's a fascinating uh, person of about 150 years ago. And and so I did that. And then that community ended in a rather um, unceremonious way. Uh, But as these, these things do, it had, I guess, finished its course. And then I started teaching and writing and taking a lot of the experiences I had had and continuing to do practice and study. And um, and I've been teaching and writing for the past, you know, since, since 10 years, since that community ended. In terms of my ongoing practice, this is an interesting question because I don't really have a single practice anymore. And this gets directly to the last chapter of my book, <laughs> uh, which which is if you want to experience cosmic consciousness, what I what I talk about is you have to you transform your life into an ongoing cosmic prayer. Ooh. So, yes, I meditate. Ooh, an ongoing cosmic prayer. Yes, you are you are living a cosmic prayer. Uh, and and for me, that means I do practice, I do do meditation, and I do it in this context. You know, I'm I'm and I teach all the time. I have an online community of students. I'm always teaching. We're always connecting in this cosmic consciousness. I have uh, close friends and associates, and we we're always connecting in this. I also paint, and I, I uh, for instance, the cover of my book is one of mine. Uh, oh, I love the I love the cover. You know, and I I paint 
cosmic things. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm just walking around just in, and I think this is in the book too, but I'm just give myself the space to be aware that, that, okay, so this is in the book and it's, it's interesting in terms of this cosmic prayer. One way to think about cosmic consciousness is that we live in a three-dimensional world. And if you think of a, of a two-dimensional surface like a square, right? That's mm -hmm. a that's a flat surface. If you put six of those together, you get a cube. Right? You have a bottom, a top, yeah, and four yeah, sides. Yeah. You have a cube. So that means that two-dimensional two-dimensional objects are the surface of the of the of a three-dimensional space, which means that our three-dimensional world is the surface of a fourth dimensional space. And uh, P.D. Ospensky, a great mystic from 100 years ago, wrote about cosmic consciousness as the direct experience of the fourth dimension, which I found to be a very powerful it's metaphor. It's a good concept. It's a great concept. And if I give myself the chance and I stay focused, I can begin to see that all of this three-dimensional world is the surface of an infinite beyond, you know, and that that beyond doesn't just exist. It doesn't exist on the other side of the wall in front of me, right? It exists on an impossible inside and that everything in this three-dimensional world, right? It's like I have the outside of my body, but if you cut me open and went inside, that's still outside. You know, but there's an actual inside to everything, which is, it's an inside that occurs in another dimension. And if I allow myself to stay relaxed, I become very aware that I am living as part of the surface of the infinite. Mm -hmm. And and I feel that infinite is in me as well as outside of me. And, and I feel like that's part of my cosmic prayer, to spend time in that state every day. Mm within you and with beyond you. Um, that's wonderful. The author, uh, David Hawkins, yes, who wrote Power Versus Force, a wonderful book, one of my spiritual heroes. Uh, one of his last videos he did, he, he, he was very ecstatic looking in this video, like he was like super high, but he mm -hmm. wasn't high. He was meditating all the time. And he was just talking about, he's, you just call it the space. And he goes, the more that you feel that space in your body and in an expansion, uh, everything feels whole and complete. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you're, you're, you're just fine. You create mm -hmm. the reality that that's your state of being. And of course, it manifests in everything you do because you attract from that place. And of course, here's this 80-something-year-old man looking like he's, you know, almost like taking the form of LSD or something, but he's in this ecstatic state mm. that, of the space. It, and it sounds like that's a lot what you're explaining. Yes. And, and the more that you create a life that, becomes a kind of, like I said, a prayer for cosmic consciousness. It becomes 
more and more of your life reflects back to you the reality of the cosmic source of being. Mm. Um, because that's what realization is based on. It's it's not one practice that's going to do it for you. It's you know your consciousness is does not exist in your head. Your consciousness exists in the life you live. And so if you want to experience cosmic consciousness, you have to live a life that that vibrates at the intensity of cosmic consciousness that has that energetic resonance to it. You know, you can't you can't live a life at a low frequency and and expect that some intensity of practice is going to bring you to a higher frequency you know you your life has to be aligned with the higher frequency that you want to live in and every moment mm -hmm. if possible <laughs> yeah that's the idea <laughs> <laughs> so so um yeah and you, you you come up with some really great concepts about well that's how we change the universe. There's this interrelational relationship that the book explains so well. And, and, and the poetry or the poetic sense that you have in your explanations really do that so well. Um, it's a book that you do not get confused with. And it's passionate. Um, so just offering that to the readers, uh, the path of Cosmic Consciousness by Jeff Carrera. Um, so we're coming down to the last question. Okay. So this would be the last question, and I'm going to give you a moment to think about it, but I'm going to ask you, then I'm going to do my parting shots mm -hmm. uh, or announcements, so to speak. Uh, what advice do you give people out there? Uh, very open question there. And uh, you are listening to Becoming Quantum Conscious on United Public Radio, UFO Paranormal Radio on 107.7, 105.3. And we are on Roku. You can see us on cable television. You can also see us on the uh, United Public Radio Network website. Also on Facebook, YouTube, and other platforms. And my name is Bart Sharp of Becoming Quantum Conscious. So, Jeff, what parting wisdom do you have for the audience? Well, I would say, you know, really to think about this idea of, a, of your life as a cosmic prayer, for one. But second of all, uh, the thing I always tell people is the most important support for your higher spiritual growth is having... Uh, associations and friendships and relationships with other people who share your passion. It's, it's the most important thing, more important than study, more important than practice is to have to develop connections with other people who share that passion, who can share that worldview with you, because that's how it becomes more real. Indeed. That's so wonderful. Jeff, thank you for being on the show today. It's just been awesome. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, next week, we will have Schieffer Bloom, and we will be uh, exploring the transformational and healing qualities of, of Kabbalah consciousness, and particularly related to the times of the day that's happening in the world. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much. Bye now. 
Yes, bye-bye. Many blessings.